Hey race fans, welcome to Talking Stock. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number 16 of Talking Stock. I'm here with my co-host Trey, played in on the strings by Novus as usual. Trey, how are you doing? Doing good today, Cal. Could be doing a little bit better uh, if I got uh, Zach Bryan tickets during the pre-sale. It was kind of a shit show trying to get those logging on. And I know that Zach was against Ticketmaster, so they kind of partnered with a group that I think partners with Ticketmaster. I don't know. It was the pre-sale got the code, tried logging in, and it just didn't work for anything. So maybe Friday, I think, is like the actual sale. So maybe we'll get them then and be in a little bit better mood. But overall, it's doing good. It was a great uh, holiday weekend. How was yours? Oh, not too bad. Can't complain. Southern 500, uh, pretty entertaining race. Uh, obviously, falling a little short as a Hamlin fan there. Thought we had one, uh, you know, advancing around to 12 there. But uh, not to be. But overall, I think a great weekend, great race. I'm definitely excited to talk about it. Yeah, as am I. So I think that's a good starting point there with uh, talking about Hamlin and yet again, getting kind of screwed by his, by his own team, you know, sabotage from within. So sure that you have some interesting thoughts there. Yeah. I mean, perhaps unscrewed, right? Because they didn't tighten the wheel, but you know, congrats to Kyle Larson. He, one of our sports best. This is a crown jewel race. Love to see him win the Southern 500. But obviously, for the 11 team, you go out there, you win two stages, you lead a ton of laps, you qualify front row, look good overall. And just like it has pretty much ever, the pit crew is just not quite there when you needed them. But I'd rather it be at Darlington than hopefully at Phoenix. So, this is a crew that's been pretty solid this year. I don't know how it'll shake out the rest of the playoffs. It's impossible to predict, but that's a team that's really solid. I expect them to bounce back really solidly at Kansas and maybe even find themselves in victory lane. But Trey, it was definitely a strange day at Darlington. You'd agree, right? Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of interesting events that took place. I mean, namely Denny Hamlin's crew, crew messing up loose wheel. And he probably, I think had the best car the other day. There was a couple other cars that you can make that argument for. Another guy that kind of got screwed was Kevin Harvick. Depending on how you look at it, maybe it was a bad call by, by the crew chief there. But strange day with what ended up screwing Kevin Harvick was that crash involving Ryan Newman and Tyler Reddick. I don't really know what Tyler was trying to do there. He was basically past pit road, high line, and then tried to slow down to come down the track. Not really sure what he was doing there uh, and caused Ryan Newman to to take a spin. Yeah, that was just <laughs> an odd moment. Um, unfortunately, in a race where, you know, after Hamlin kind of disqualified himself with the loose wheel, it looked like a, a day that, you know, maybe Kevin Harvick steals winning the Southern 500 in his final season would have been special to watch. But obviously it went for not after that moment. That was pretty odd. Um, he was definitely one of the top fours there that day, but. Speaking of Fords, man, RFK continues to bring fast cars to the track, man. They got rocket ships, namely that 17 car. And I did say last week that I felt like they were a contender to make the championship four. They lived up to that this week. 
And it's just another great run for 17 and Chris Busher. Yeah, I mean, this is the type of run that that you use to continue to build momentum heading into round of 12, round of eight, and then into Phoenix. That last week, I thought it might have, I guess it wasn't crazy for you to say that the 17 was going to be in Phoenix. But man, it's I think it's hard to deny it after yet another good run for that 17 crew. And as of late, you know, maybe the start of the season wasn't as great, but the last, you know, two months, they have been just as good as the 19 and the 24, who I would say is the the top two in the field. So pretty interested to see that. And Brad's been nearly as good, just hasn't gotten the wins that that Chris has got. So that that RFK team, and I said it earlier in the year, I think that they're the best Ford team, and that has become even more clear uh, over the last last few weeks that you know Penske has not been great. They haven't been terrible, but. Joey Logano is look, possibly looking on the outside in to get into the round of 12. So I would say at this point, I think Brad and, and Chris probably move on at least to the round of 12. So, Yeah, I agree with that, especially when you look at how both of them are running so well. And that's taking anything away from Chris Busher. But if that's Joey Logano, if that's Ryan Blaney, if that's any other Ford, you know, forget any other manufacturer's drivers, but if it's any other Ford, they're probably pulling out behind Busher, and I think they probably carry the momentum of the win at Daytona. But my point of all of saying all of that is Brad Keselowski is close to victory lane, and it eventually is going to hit. So that the tandem of those two cars from RFK, very, very solid. And I think surprising a lot of people, and maybe at the beginning of the season, but I think to us at this point, that's just expecting things. But what I will, what I will say is surprising is the amount of top 20s for the 42 car has been matched in the last five races by the fill-in drivers as they were by Noah Gregson in the 42 to this point. So Noah, I'm sorry, not Noah, but uh, Carson Hosevar runs P19. Was it Noah Gregson when it, when it comes to this 42 car? Now, before I, I get into that, Trey, I know that the 43 won the Southern 500 last year in the same car. So, I mean, they had an idea of how to set this up. But this 42 is running better than it has all season. Yeah, it actually showing some signs of life. They've been, put it blank, they've been terrible with Gregson behind the wheel. And that's partially because he's a rookie, a young guy coming into the Cup Series. Typically doesn't pay off well. I mean, Ty Gibbs in a much better equipment had his struggles throughout the year. So I don't think it's crazy to see Gregson struggle. I think it's crazy to see how much he struggled. And then to see guys, young guys like Carson Hosefar come in, run that car well. He ran it well earlier at, uh, what race was that? Where he blew the rotor? Uh, Gateway. Uh, Gateway. At, yep, at Gateway. And he was running like P- P16, uh, I guess not in the 42. But he was, he was running up there and uh, proving that he, Maybe he has a lot of skills, so curious to see where he goes next year. Yeah, and, and his youth and inexperience is, you know, probably even behind where I would expect Gregson, who competed for an Xfinity championship last season. Um, I'm pretty disappointed in how Noah's season went. Obviously, strange circumstances ending it for him. Um, you know, it's just odd, but. When you look at the success of that group, it's it's hard to – I mean, you always hate to point fingers, but there's a common denominator that isn't there at this point. Who knows what his future is, but as far as the future of the 42, it looks like it's trending upward as we head forward. 
I guess the final talking point that we have on the notepad here, Trey, coming from <laughs> the Southern 500 is just a bizarre episode um, between Alex Bowman and Daniel Suarez, two of the guys that you expect to run maybe like top 15. They're pretty solid drivers, both decent personality, but not anything too flavorful where you expect something spontaneous and strange like we got on Sunday. So if Milk Toast Bowman and, and Daniel get into it again, Trey, do we have a real rivalry on our hands or is this a one-off? I have no idea. It was just bizarre. I think that the initial move by Suarez to maybe dive inside and, and get around was a bit aggressive. And for whatever reason, Bowman threw an aggressive block. Okay, that tracing, whatever. And then Suarez threw it back to the inside or the, excuse me, the outside. And Bowman threw an even crazier block. And then they got tangled up. And of course, as always, Harrison Burton get, gets tied up in that. It seems like he has the worst luck when when guys are going at it and being way too aggressive at terrible spots in the race. I think it was last year in the 500 that Bad Brad uh, was pushing way too hard on like, like lap 20 uh, and, and took Harrison out. So just have a couple of those memories with him just getting caught up in just ridiculous incidents that just should not have happened. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think we have a potential rivalry there. Both of them seem pretty heated in their, uh, post-race interviews, or I guess it was still during the race cause they crashed out, but Suarez seemed like he wanted to go fight him, hoping he, what he didn't see him the next 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, or, or I think some hands might've been thrown there. So be interested to see two guys that definitely have had a frustrating season. Uh, both playoff drivers last year, both missed the playoffs this year. Bowman had his injuries, wasn't able to compete in every race, possibly would have made it if he did. Suarez just had a down year last year. He got that win. So, I don't know. Frustration, stupidity, I don't know. Just a weird, weird wreck. Yeah, it was definitely strange. I think you make a great point with frustrations kind of boiling over. A notoriously difficult trick at Darlington. But as a viewer, you can't enjoy that more. Very funny. Um, but moving on from Darlington, um, huge NASCAR Newsweek, especially for teams involved with Toyota. Um, the first uh, major headline announced on Actions Detrimental with Denny Hamlin was Denny Hamlin and Coach Joe Gibbs announcing a contract extension. It is described as a multi-year extension. I would assume that that would imply that FedEx is involved in some capacity. Uh, I know that is a deserve of Hamlin to retire not only with Joe Gibbs, but with FedEx. Man, I couldn't be happier. Um, what a great move for, for both involved. Uh, I don't think Toyota has a ton of pipeline drivers where they're, you know, eagerly awaiting to get the 11 out of Denny Hamlin's hands, especially when I feel like at that 42 years old mark that he's at, he's at the pinnacle of his racing career. He's winning races consistently with Chris Gabehart. That entire team is one of the best teams in the field consistently over the last five years. Since that two, ma those two matched up Gabehart and Hamlin, they've been fantastic. The only thing missing from their resume is a championship, which I think that they're capable of winning this season. So really what a great move for Joe Gibbs. What a great move for Denny Hamlin as a fan, because it's enjoyable to see the continuity, something that's such a rarity. Uh, even Jimmy Johnson didn't finish with FedEx. I'm sorry, with Lowe's, you know, he, he had gone to ally. Uh, Tony Stewart didn't finish with Home Depot. Gordon had some versions of Exalta, but he, he was what the ARP, AARP at the time, at the end, um, you know, junior bounced around. So it's just not something we see uh, at this modern day of NASCAR. So it's something I'm extremely excited about. 
kind of coattailing on that news is 2311 is obviously going to remain with Toyota. I'm not sure how much that was in doubt. Um, but obviously with the contract negotiations that had to take place, you know, that was part of it. So um, I think we'll start with those two major things, Trey. But, man, I like I said, I really couldn't be happier. Now, this one kind of felt expected. Last year when uh, Kyle Busch was in kind of a similar contract situation and it was getting kind of late in the year, my feeling was like I, about this time last year, I was like, okay, I don't think Kyle is going to come back to the 18. Whereas throughout this year, I never really felt in doubt that uh, that Denny wouldn't come back. And it's it's a really good thing for NASCAR because if Denny doesn't come back but decides to continue racing elsewhere, which I don't know if he would have done, he might have just retired. At, at as you put it at 42 years old that's you know you're nearing the end of your career um that means that if he moved elsewhere a different manufacturer means that 2311 changes manufacturers and then that would have left you know the gibbs cars in toyota and i guess in next year the legacy guys um but yeah so it, it keeps that parity throughout and not leading to a dominant class like we've seen maybe chevy do over the years yeah, I think it's extremely exciting. Um, adding legacy really makes the Toyotas competitive when we get to these tracks where manufacturer loyalty plays a major role. And Toyota's been on the short end of that. I think, honestly, since it, like Hamlin's wins at Daytona have come prior to this really extreme manufacturer loyalty, Toyota's been behind a lot. And adding what's going to be two more cars with legacy is really going to be a step in the right direction at those tracks. And I think overall, that's just more data collected. I, I think Joe Gibbs racing is among the best, maybe even up there with Hendrick. I mean, obviously, people think of them probably as the top two teams anyway. But, you know, with the amount of championships Hendrick's won, um, it's hard to, you know, not put them in a class by themselves. But Joe Gibbs racing, this the steps they made this year, their, their road course improvements or short track improvements, they have kind of erased the data lost last year. They've really bounced back with a great season. On the note of legacy, they have major news coming out today. Uh, we had mentioned Noah Gregson and the replacement driver, drivers that have followed in the 42 this season. But officially for next season, it will not be Noah Gregson in the 42. It will be John Hanimacek, who is driving currently for Joe Gibbs Racing in the Xfinity Series. Trey, this will be his second shot in Cup. How do you feel about it? I think that John Hunter has been really good in the the non-cup series rides he's had. He's been competing in for championships in the trucks and in Xfinity. The 42 kind of scares me. I think going to Toyota that they'll be a lot better. Uh, they'll have kind of that manufacturer input that I don't think that they're getting right now from Chevy. Um, and we've seen that team get better as the year has progressed. So hopefully with John Hunter, with some previous cup experience coming in, that he can find that team, you know, battling for maybe, you know, 16th spot type deal. I don't think that they're going to come out and instantly be championship contenders um, as much as I would like that for, for a team involved with Petty in any way, shape, or form. It's not going to happen. Uh, but I, I like John Hunter. I think this is a good move. I feel like it was kind of expected being one of the the top guys on Toyota's uh, pipeline there. They don't have too many that I thought could have moved up. I would have had to have been somebody jumping if uh, if it wasn't John Hunter. Yeah, I agree with that. Toyota, it's strange their development. I think there was that 
that little bit of like what they did with Eric Jones. Um, obviously, he's now going to be a Toyota driver again. But I feel like he was, you know, pretty quickly moved on. Most people don't realize that he's actually younger than Christopher Bell. So um, they kind of had that reputation of flushing drivers. <laughs> obviously, two-time cup champion, uh, Joey Logano. So there's not too many guys that I feel like are immediately in their system that are ready to come up and compete. I'm anxious to see what JHN does, but, you know, I, I think that ex- expectations need to be realistic for that group, uh, legacy as a whole. Um, but I'm interested. I think it will be good for the sport to have another Toyota team because, damn, as we head to Kansas, that is a Toyota's track right now. And I'm excited to see what we got for us at Kansas. Obviously, the exciting finish between Kyle Larson and Denny Hamlin. Uh, a little rub in his racing incident this spring. First of two inter- interactions between the 11 and 5 on the track. But, Trey, does anybody have anything for the Toyota? Does anybody have anything cooked up that they've been saving for the playoffs? I don't think. I mean, th- there's always the case that somebody shocks us. But this has just been a track for the last couple of years, really for a long time now, that can't, that Toyota has just been the dominating force behind last year. I think that the 45 won both races first one with Kurt and then second one with uh, Bubba moving over to the 45 for the, the owner's championship there. So I think that we'll find a lot of Toyotas in the top 10, top five, um, but it's playoff time. So that means that everyone's going to be pushing harder than they normally do. Absolutely. And I won't be surprised if somebody's got some interesting little gadgets or doodads that can maybe give them a little extra speed, but, I think it's a Toyota's weekend. I'm not sure if anybody has anything for Hamlin or Wallace or or uh, or Tyler Reddick as 20 through 11 has been extremely successful at this track. But that extends even Christopher Bell and Martin Truex, so I could very easily see going to victory lane this week. But I think that's a great way to bring up our picks. Trey, currently the standings are Trey in the lead still, as he has been most of the season, but things are getting closer. The score is Trey 20 and, and Kyle 17. This past weekend was a goose egg for Trey, which I would say is the, maybe the first of the season um, or at least the first in several weeks. Uh, I was able to tally two with Ross Chastain and William Byron. But Trey, after the goose egg, I will give you the chance to redeem yourself first. Yeah, that, this was a tough one. I had uh, Kevin Harvick winning last weekend, and I think he had a legitimate chance until uh, until the pit road fiasco. And then I also had the eleven in my top five who also had a chance uh, without the pit road fiasco. So I like my picks. I still like those picks. I stand by those ones, but it's time to make up some ground. And to do that, I'm going to put the 45 of Tyler Reddick in victory lane, moving on to the round of 12. That Toyota has been good. That 45 has been great at this track. Uh, And and behind him, my top three of five, we're going to stick with Denny Hamlin, who's just been red hot and the 23 of Bubba Wallace. Yeah, I, I agree, putting the 2311 cars up there. And as we get into my picks, uh, this will be two weeks in a row, but I will say I've won one pick this year. It was picking Danny Hamlin at Pocono. Uh, and picking him at Darlington or Kansas ain't too much of a shock either. So I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin again this week. I think he repeats, sweeps the season at Kansas. I believe he's already the track leader there. I think they get some redemption for what's happened this last week. So I'll give give me the 11 in victory lane. And I'll stick with your pick, Trey. I think the 45 runs top five. They've been lights out fast. I believe they probably had a chance to win in the spring, but I'm thinking they had a loose wheel or something like that. They had a pit. Um, so I think Tyler Reddick runs really well again. And I'm going to say Martin Trix Jr. 
Um, I'd say the odds on favorite to win the championship right now. He's going to have a good finish, maybe even have a shot for the win. But I think either way, it's going to be a Toyota race. I think our picks reflect that. But most of all, just like we saw in the spring between Kyle Larson and Danny Hamlin, I think it's going to be a really exciting race that you're not going to want to miss this weekend. Um, But as we kind of get to wrap it up here, uh, I think a really good question was posed on Twitter. Uh, So this comes to us from Twitter. And this question is, do you think there should be points awarded for leading a lap and leading the most laps? I love the Winston Cup series. Trey, how do you feel about that? I kind of see both sides to the argument here. You know, the argument against it is, well, we already have the stage points that kind of take the place of that, like, mid-race incentive. But I think that there is a, a valid argument. It's probably the side that I'm on to, to earn those points for leading a lap. I think it gives incentive to maybe mix up pit strategy and try and stay out there a little bit longer while other guys pit just to be on the uh, leading a lap and then rewarding the the most laps led, I would say, you know, it's a point and then maybe even consider a playoff point. Uh, you get one of those for winning a stage. So I, I think it's a, a, a cool incentive to make guys want to run up front. I think a lot of times, even with the stage points, we see guys running like top five and they're not making it a real attempt to get to the front. They're happy with that position, getting some points, maybe like the last lap or two of the stage, then they'll push forward for the lead uh, to to secure maybe an extra playoff point. But I think this gives an incentive to to run the entire race and try and get to the front the entire time instead of maybe playing it safe and running, you know, P2, P3. Yeah, I agree with that. In all honesty, I would be fine with a, a complete reverting back uh, to the Winston Cup. I think it's probably the fairest way to reward a champion it's a season sport but that's just my opinion so i think it's a great idea i i think that if you just just give it you know there's not a ton of points involved so uh, i don't i really don't see a problem handing out a point there here or there so i think that's a great question i certainly am in favor of it but thank you for all for tuning in uh be sure to check us out on twitter at talking sock pod we want to know where you're rooting from and who you're rooting for as always we appreciate you tuning in enjoy kansas mm-hmm.